Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Can you still understand what I'm saying? All right, then you're good. We're good. Open your Bibles to Psalm 16.8. This is a, something that we go to a lot. But when I got up here this morning and I started to write, this is the only phrase that really has been in my heart. Psalm 16.8 says, I have set the Lord always before me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. That's all I can hear. That's what I wrote down this morning. I, I, did I read something wrong here? What? Did I tell you all the wrong scripture like I do literally every week? What did I say? Psalm 16, verse 8. What are you all reading out of? Guys, we read the Bible here. I don't know. I don't know where you thought you came to, but are y'all reading out of the Passion Translation? Listen, I want to make something clear about the Passion Translation. I did not say the only thing we will read out of is the Passion Translation. Though I do that a lot, it doesn't mean it's the only thing I read out of. And if you just read out of the Passion Translation, I promise you it will sound way different than that. So... I did give the right scripture. Thank you very much. Yours might say something like this. Because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. For I experience your wraparound presence every moment. I like that more. But for my purposes and what Yahweh spoke to me today is I've set the Lord before me. And that's Psalm 16.8 in the New King James Version. Probably NIV and everything else. So I set the Lord before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. And I feel like there's such a significance to this day. This is what Yahweh has been speaking to me of setting the Lord before you. Of setting the Lord before you. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So let's think this through. I set the Lord before me, yet he's at my right hand. I set the Lord before me, yet he's at my right hand, so I'm not shaken. It's so significant to think through what is this scripture talking about. I set the Lord before me, though he's at my right hand. And then if you keep reading all the way to the last verse I read at the end of 11, it says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Eva, come up here. I've done this illustration before. Again, this is, I believe, a Bill Johnson illustration I saw a long time ago and this has really changed my heart and my life on this I set the Lord before me and first off setting the Lord before before you is not behind you 
we can be clear that this, Eva's the Lord today. She's not, the Lord is not, this is not set before me. We're convinced of that, right? But if you think about practically in your own life, a lot of times this is how we approach Yahweh. He's very close. The Lord is very close. And then in a time of trial or situation, we pull him out like a sheath and say, the Lord is before me. But if the Lord is before me, how is he also at my right hand? So let's get to my right hand. If he's at my right hand, how am I at his right hand? So now the Lord is before me and I'm face to face with him. So I set the Lord before me. What does this mean? It means the only lens I look through is those lenses right there. David talks about the apple of being the apple of his eye. That is a description of being so close to the Father that you can literally see your reflection in their eyes. That's where that terminology comes from. The apple of his eye. I'm so close to the Father. I'm so close. I've set him so much before me. I don't see to the left or right. Until I can see my reflection in his eyes, I'm not close enough. This is where I believe we're supposed to be today. Thank you. I set the Lord before me. And this is why I'm so about the goodness of Yahweh right now. What this waiting has started to swirl in me and produce has been this convincing of the nature and the love of Yahweh. His goodness that's overflowing. In every single circumstance, setting the Lord before. Well, how do we set the Lord before us? It's a little more difficult to do that like what I just did with Eva, and then actually set the Lord before us. And one thing that I believe Yahweh brought up in my spirit this morning was, one is making up your mind. Your mind being made up. Your mind being made up. One of my favorite things about y'all's testimony, other than the fact that you got to show everybody, second favorite favorite is, is when Julia talked about, I heard about this crash and then I went and made food and we ate. Didn't know if my son was alive. But I went about my day convinced of his goodness, convinced of the kingdom, his malchut, his sovereignty, convinced. And there was something inside of me because a long, long time ago, I made up my mind. A long, long time ago, I made up my mind of who he was and who he is to me. You see, the, the, the enemy does not, it's not that he doesn't want you to believe in Yahweh. He wants you to not be so convinced. Pretty convinced, but not completely convinced. Because the Bible tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in how many ways? All his ways. But there's something in Proverbs that combats that when he says, trust in the Lord completely and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. So, so the enemy does not want you to just, he just doesn't want you all in. He doesn't want you all convinced. He wants a circumstance. He wants something to come up in your life to just sway you a little bit, to make you go, was it because of, I feel like I wasn't quite as close to him last week. It was only 15 minutes of prayer and, you know, that's not enough. 
or I, I fell short here. I, I did something I wasn't supposed to. I, I did, I just, what is it that I messed up that brought this judgment on me? That's exactly what the enemy wants you to think. Yahweh sent his son to display the goodness and how he actually feels and the part of him he wants us to know about. The goodness of Yahweh, the love of the Father. So I set the Lord before me by making up my mind. Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, and Daniel. One of the most powerful stories that you could read. Those boys were taken as boys, as little boys. Stripped from their families and everything that they've known. And not once do I read in that Bible, in that story of them having to spend their days and nights trying to decipher how bad the enemy is. And they didn't lead a protest and they didn't lead some public display of their protest. They didn't, they didn't have to, to do a march. They didn't have to fight with people. They didn't have to do anything except decide from day one, I won't subject myself to those ways. He is God, period. Nothing else needs to be, be decided. Nothing else needs to come into play. I don't, need to, I don't need to sit here and study all the ways of the enemy so I can figure out how maybe Yahweh wants me to come in and infiltrate the enemy and change everything. Because that's how he uses us. Or does he say, I just want you to get up, and, get up in that room. I just want you to get up in that upper room. I just want you to, to be with me. Don't worry about that. I know, I know this, this, this is not a good situation. I got you. I understand. But I'm, I'm holy unto you. I want to be face to face with you. Set me before you and don't worry about the when and the how. Set me before you. And so when you get into that situation where they're saying, okay, well now you're going to get thrown into the fire if you don't bow that knee. Look, look, my, my God, I'm so convinced of who he is, he's gonna deliver me. But I'm also so convinced of who he is that even if he doesn't, I won't bow my knee. And every single time that we bow our knee to anything in this life, to worry, to doubt, to fear, anxiety, as soon as that knee touches the ground, you've given an excuse for the next generation. You've proclaimed that he isn't who he says he is. And I know that seems harsh, but, but we gotta get past this idea that he isn't the kingdom, that he isn't a good father, that he won't ever let us down. We need to be so convinced of the goodness of Yahweh that even when trials come up, there's no way this knee is touching that ground. Doesn't mean you don't honor the wishes of, of, of people that believe they're trying to keep you safe or whatever you wanna think. We did a lot of that, but we're not going to bow to fear. We're not going to bow to anxiety. We trust Yahweh completely. He doesn't need you slinging a sword. And let me tell you something, he's also not slinging a sword. Setting him before us, come back up here. 
dang it, I have to get up in front of people again. We're, we're, we're doing the wrong setting him before us. If we set him before us like this, this is also, we have some that set him behind us. We have some that he's right here beside us, like Jesus is my homeboy. No, he's not. No, Jesus is not your homeboy, okay? Let's get that clear. Set, and then some people who set the Lord before me. Actually, he says that he, that he sets a table in the presence of our enemies. So that's what Psalms 23 says. So if I'm setting the Lord before me, he's not slinging a sword. He's sitting in the presence. You can sit down now. Gosh, you're a good Lord. <laughs> he's setting a table before us in this time. In the swirling, in the fight, in the worst moment of your life, he is setting a table before you right here right here in the midst of Bay County, right here in the midst of the swirling, right here in the midst of the chaos. This is where Yahweh wants you seated with him, looking him eye to eye and showing the enemy and everybody else around you that he doesn't fight with a sword and a spear. Actually, Hebrews says that his word is alive and active and it's sharper than a double-edged sword. He doesn't need to lift a sword, he's got a word. And this is how I fight my battles, face to face, face to face. I set the Lord before me because my mind is made up. Before anything goes wrong, before any fire or trial comes up, I'm setting the Lord before me. I'm making up my mind. You understand how like, He's setting a table, he, he's here. And think of any, any, the worst thing you think that could happen this year. The worst thing that has happened in your life. In a moment, he can speak a word. He is not, I'm just gonna tell you right now, I'm not saying that he doesn't do this, but I'm telling you this tribe, he's calling us into holiness, into a face-to-face encounter, into the love of Abba. He wants us convinced of that. He is not sitting here trying to give you all the tools of how you can take down this political war. That's not what he's doing. Convinced, my mind is made up. My mind is made up. And then the second thing that we can do in order to set the Lord before us always is to steward over that decision. To seek first the kingdom and let all the other things be added to us. And when I say the kingdom, I mean Malkut, which is his nature, his sovereignty, his complete Godship, who he is. Seek first the kingdom. Bring everything before him and let his peace guard your heart and mind. To meditate on who he is. Remember when we used to talk about this? To meditate on his goodness, to meditate on him day and night. That's Psalms 1. In fact, in in the scripture we just read, 16, 8, 16.8 16.8 in uh, Psalms 16.8. It was, it was Psalms 16.8. I just want these three over here to know. In Psalms 16.8, I believe in Psalm 16.7, it actually says, you teach me wisdom. You teach my heart wisdom at night. At night. You teach me wisdom at night. 
because I set him before me even whenever I'm going to bed. Do you realize like some of the practical things you can do as a son and daughter of the kingdom to not have sleepless nights is before you close your eyes is to set the Lord before you. To say, man, he's good. And let me rehearse what he's done in my life. Let me just bring that up and meditate on it. And I'm telling you, you're actually designed and wired to meditate day and night. You are meditating on something day and night. Right? You ever been worried about something and you wake up the next morning a little bit more worried about that something? Because you have, your body was designed to meditate. You don't need a pillow and to be barefoot and to sit there and have some weird music playing and hum. Meditation is, is built into your, the fiber of your being and your mind will meditate on whatever you put before it, whatever you set before it. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of Yahweh, and in that law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water who brings forth fruit in every season, whose leaf shall not wither, and everything that he does shall prosper. Of course, I believe how we read that a lot of times is, Blessed is the man who walks on in the council of the God who stands the past. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. We're talking about the blessed man. Yahweh loves you and you are favored. And I believe you could be, you can love him and you can walk in favor. There's a lot of people that I don't think are walking in blessing that are walking in favor. There's a difference. It's another level. Miss Howell back there knows what I'm talking about. There's another level when you go into the blessing. And it says, blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That right there, read that over and over to yourself. Every single time you pick up your cell phone, every single time you read an article, every single time you raise a banner, Blesses is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, listen, I, I, this, this figure that I follow, I heard him say, praise Jesus Christ. He's my personal Lord and Savior. I even heard him after they accepted their award, he went through and he said, I thank my mom, I thank my dad, I thank my grandma, I thank my aunt, I thank my coach from 17 years ago, I thank uh, this book I read, I thank this video I watched, oh, I thank God, and I thank, uh, you know, the meals my grandma cooked me because it made me strong. And we will take that. If we, if we like them enough, if they are enough in line with our views politically, we, we exalt the idea that they said God real quick. But 1 John 4 tells us how do you decipher between the spirits because there will be false prophets that come. He says, how do you decipher between good and evil? Well, like I said, it says that you testify, they testify that, uh, that Yeshua is Christ. But the word testify, the, I'm sorry, confess that he is Lord, confess. The word confess there is homologio, which actually means to manifest, which actually means to speak like he speaks. 
says the same thing. Means that when they get up to give their award ceremony, acceptance speech, the only thing that flows out is what they've been seated in, which is the goodness of Yahweh. It's the first thing on their lips. It's the first thing they can talk to you about. And if you ever meet someone who's just met Yahweh, who's just been saved, that's all they can speak. It's flooding out of their heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you want to tell me that you are not seeking the counsel of the ungodly, make sure that you are convinced that you've heard the goodness of Yahweh and you've seen the manifestation of his glory in their lives. Otherwise, you might be falling prey to walking in the counsel of the ungodly. But those that set the Lord before them that are meditating day and night. I promise you when you speak to them or when they grab a microphone, it will be what they say. Judge it that way. That's what the Bible tells us to. That's how we judge the spirits. That's, why we, that's how we judge good and evil. That's discernment. It's within us. nor stands in the path of sinners. Those that have made up their mind, not people mess up all the time, sin comes short of the glory of Yahweh, but those that have been exposed to the truth still choose the other way. Don't stand in that path. And I promise you a lot of the things that people we follow, things that we do, if you sat there and did just a uh, 360 real quick, you'd see the path in which you're standing on with a lot of people. It's a narrow path that we should be walking down. Straight and narrow Not a lot of room for everybody who's just here, there, and everywhere. And if you're standing on that same path, maybe ask yourself, am I truly walking in the blessing of Yahweh? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And this is one of the most difficult ones for those that are going to set the Lord before them. You can't have death on your lips. You can't sit in the seat of those that are going to, people don't agree with you. You think they're the most evil person in the world. You think that they're wrong. Your job as a kingdom son and daughter is not to pull out that sword. And you don't sound smart because you have the right viewpoint. You sound ignorant of the world that you came from. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. You should not be testifying of the world you're in. You should be testifying of the world you're of. It's called the renewed mind. The renewed mind that says, I'm not of this world. So what I want to do is bring heaven to earth. That's my call, is heaven to earth. And you're not going to do that by... Sin, change the world. Just changed it. Changed it. I showed them that that person right there is wrong and they're evil and the world's changed now. You know what you're going to do? The seat that you should sit in is intercession. You pray for this country. You pray for our leaders. You pray for those that are in leadership that you don't agree with. The Bible tells us to pray for our enemies. If we want to see change, I don't believe a lot of us want to see change. We would rather just sling the sword. It feels better. It feels like an accomplishment. You feel like you're doing something. And just sitting and praying doesn't seem like it's changing anything. But I can promise you, for these little ones, it's changing everything.
They're too cute. You can't not look. Impossible. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I'm telling you, that's a very big one. In the power of, or in, in your tongue is the power of death and life. You are killing this world every time you spew that venom. We're called to take dominion over this world. And the way we do that is spread the goodness of Yahweh. The kindness of the Lord turns the men's hearts to repentance. That, that's what it is. It's not your judgment. It's not your, your theology or your beliefs and, or your political stance. Or you being right about anything. It's the kindness of the Lord. It's you showing life in who you are. It's you doing something. And if you really truly care about this nation, if you truly care about this planet that we're living on, if you truly care about this people, then you're not, you're not going to be sitting in the seat of the scornful. You're going to be sitting in the seat of the intercessor. And you're going to start to see blessing take place. These two can testify of that. They didn't spend their times trying to testify of all the bad political stuff. They, they spent their mornings praying over their son. And blessing came. And breakthrough came. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of Yahweh. And in that law, law, he meditates day and night. We think of the law of Yahweh like we think of the law in order stuff that we have in this country. No, no, no. Think of it more like the law of gravity. It's real. It's inevitable. Just like his goodness and his world is inevitable. The law, the goodness of Yahweh, the law of Yahweh is that he's not in this world or he's not of this world, he's in this world, he's within us. We are not from here. We don't subscribe to the, 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 the law of this world. We subscribe to the law of Yahweh and in his law, it's good. And in his law, it's glory to glory, not this is going into the winter months and then we're gonna go into 2021. Thank God, for some reason, that's gonna change everything. We're gonna go into 2021 and then 2022. No, we're going from glory to glory to glory. And that's the law of Yahweh. And I'm going to spend my nights and my days meditating on that truth. That is setting the Lord before me. That is putting him up front right here. I set the Lord before me. Whew, just speaking to you. I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Understand that the, the, the purpose here and why I'm saying we need to learn to set the Lord before us is the double-minded thing has got to stop with us. It's got to stop in my own life. There has, I believe what Yahweh's doing in this waiting time is convincing, convincing. Every single time something comes up, he's saying, set, set me before you. That doesn't seem right. Well, that's because you're looking at the wrong thing. Look me in the eyes. Set me before you. The promise is that you shall not be moved. And therefore my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I'm going to read it in uh, my friend's scripture over here real quick. 
Because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken, for I experience your wraparound presence every moment. My heart and soul explode with joy, full of glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure, for you will not abandon me to the realm of death, nor will you allow your Holy One to experience corruption, for you bring me a continual revelation of resurrection life the path to bliss that brings me face to face with you. Just confirming once again the revelation of that being face to face. I have had this in my heart for the past couple of weeks. I'm gonna wrap it up really quick, but, and I, I believe we'll dive deeper into this, but I, I, there, is a, there is a plague that has hit the, that has hit Christians, kingdom people, uh, political people, all of, all of these things. I, I want to tell you that the kingdom of Yahweh is not a conspiracy theory. And I want you to, to, to if, if Yahweh, Yahweh gives you grace in certain situations to deal with certain things, to read certain things, to put certain things before you, but I'm telling you, don't try to convince yourself that you're gaining knowledge for his glory. You reading more into the bad things of this world or the secret things is not making you a light. It's not making you a light. It's actually letting you come into agreement with darkness. It's, it's, very, it's very confusing, but, but like if you get into that world, it is not, that's not something that's gonna change things. The, the, the earth will be filled with what? The knowledge It doesn't say, remember, the earth isn't going to be filled with the glory, though it will be, but it comes through the earth being filled with the knowledge of the glory of Yahweh, like the waters cover the sea. And I want us in this time, especially going into this fall season, setting the Lord before us and being wholly set apart in our mind and our hearts apart from everything else. One thing that seems really weird, and, and this is maybe a little too far, I don't care, but the, if you look on the back of your phone, what, first off, what does is, what is Genesis talk about? The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? So if you have the tree of life, if you're subscribing to the tree of life, is there a need for the knowledge of good and evil? The tree of life and what it... it a couple weeks ago, whenever uh, Regina corrected the song that we were singing, it had been written wrong, not the people wrote it, but we printed it wrong, and it said, uh, come alive, right? It's come alive. And she was talking about that, where us coming alive, us being full of life is, is really what, you know, you know, breaks things through, not just to be a light or whatever. And I said, that's biblical. Because John 1 says that in him was not, it wasn't in him was light. In him was life, the tree of life. In him was, I ate from life. I subscribed to life. And that life within me became the light that darkness could not put out. Stop trying to be the light and start subscribing to life. Focus on the life-giving power of a relationship face-to-face with setting the Lord before you and stop trying to convince yourself you're a light. In him was life and that life was the light to all mankind. And I think it's, it's crazy how we use these kinds of devices right here. 
Not everybody has this phone, but how weird is it that on the back of this phone right here in a lot of our devices is a bitten apple? I love Apple products. I really do. I really do. I have a lot of them, everything. But this same device that you can look up scriptures on and get all kinds of revelation and everything else, you can also spew venom, look at porn, and do all kinds of bad things on this thing. And I'm telling you that our world does not need the knowledge of good and evil. What we need is the knowledge of life. And so my, my call to us, my, my call to us in this season is come to holiness. If you have, put yourself in that place where you just feel like, man, I'm, I'm here, there, and everywhere. I don't know, I don't know what's gonna happen in November. And if this happens, then what's the outcome gonna be right here? I don't know, well, what if this happens and it's what I want, but then these bad things over here happen? How long is this pandemic gonna last? What are we gonna do? How is all this stuff gonna take place? What, what do I, what is going on? I'm telling you, there's a double-mindedness that is shaking you up and making you unstable in all of your ways. And I've dealt with the same thing too. I'm not here to preach to you. I'm here to preach to myself too, that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And what we need to do is be the tree planted, rooted by the rivers of living, the life. You don't need to be more knowledgeable about the darkness. I promise you, you being more knowledgeable about the darkness is not going to make you a brighter light. Wow. <laughs> Bill really wanted to drive that point home. Like, boom. <laughs> Preaching with me today. You being knowledgeable, hear, hear me, like seriously, and I, I know that maybe this doesn't speak to everybody and you don't know what I'm talking about, but I think that there's quite a few here that know exactly what I'm talking about. You being more aware and knowledgeable about darkness does not make you a brighter light. You will convince yourself forever that it does, but that is not what the Bible says. Be filled with life. Be fully alive. Let him looking in your eyes, let you setting him before you. When you wake up in the morning, I set the Lord before me. When you go to sleep at night, I set the Lord before me. And all of a sudden, I believe that stability is gonna enter into our lives. And there's actually gonna be a life that's produced in us that it says produces joy. And that joy and that life starts to be light to all mankind. And you actually start to change something. You actually start to change something first here. Stop trying to change everything out here. Change here and let that be the revelation and the testimony of his goodness. Amen? All right, y'all stand with me. Yeah, you got something? There's a microphone over here. I had something um, happen to me. It was really interesting, and Holy Spirit reminded me of it and said, I want you to share. This is going to help someone. So we went on a vacation, and we were driving to Maine, and I wanted to get just a good book. I didn't want a self-help book. I just wanted a no-brainer. And so I went, and then the kids were asking. I was looking at this book, and it ended up in my cart. I didn't know it. I bought it and thought, well, okay, I guess this is the one I'm going to read. So I started reading it, and I was just getting into it. You know, sometimes it takes a little. And I was just getting into it, and Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, a demon wrote this book. I was shocked. And I was like, oh. And then I had to make a choice. 
because I just started getting into the characters. I kind of wanted to know what happened with this story. I, want, I mean, seriously. And I took the book at the campground we were at, and I threw it away. And he has erased the memory of that. So I never think about those. Sometimes I do that with the book. I'll think about people. I have no idea what happened to it. I was a quarter of the way into it, almost halfway into it. So I think this really goes along with what Mark is saying. Even though it's a person that might have put this dark stuff, who is giving him that influence? Because this book, he said, a demon wrote this book. Well, I don't want that in me. So I wanted to share that with you. It's, it's, a, it's a good thing. This is, you know, sometimes I feel like I give these messages. It's not, it's not to be like harsh and it, it's, it's not to tell people what to do. It's to, I want to always be a reminder that we're not of this world. Like, let, let's be different than that. And that's not going to come by you just keeping yourself from every little thing or whatever. It's just putting yourself in his eyes, putting yourself in his face, like being face to face with him, setting him before, let him set that table before you. Let things be unstable around you as long as you're stable in him. He'll take care of everything else. One word. Remember that one moment, one moment, everything in your life can change because of the goodness of Yahweh. One moment. I want, to, I want us to just go out with this. Uh, not a prayer, not anything else. I just want, I want to sing, I exalt thee. And I want Aunt Cheryl to sing because she sings beautifully and she can do this. But I just, I, this is kind of like a song from, from when I remember being a kid and hearing the song. But it just, what are we exalting above every single circumstance? And I just want to sing together this morning, just a cappella, let's join in with her and just sing, I exalt thee. And like, let that be the last thing resonating in our spirits when we leave. Amen. Amen. For thou, O Lord, Amen. I love you guys. I bless you. Have a great week. Speak protection over you. Speak, uh, just speak that presence over you. Let yourselves be convinced this week. I'm setting the Lord before me. Stability. I'm setting him before me. Amen? All right. Love you. Bless you. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.